When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to England Cricket on 99.94 Cricket Every Day. I'm Daniel Norcross, as I always am, and um, always will be until I cease to be. Um, (laughs) Broadcaster, commentator, podcaster, occasional writer, and um, failed wit. (laughs) Alongside me, as he always is, it's the great man himself, the chief cricket writer of the Press Association, the puff pastry hangman. It is Rory Dollard. Rory Lovely to see you. Uh, we are going to be discussing today, well, at the time of recording, it is the first day of the second test match. England, how their approach, did it fail? Did, is 270-odd actually quite reasonable? Doesn't feel like it to me. We'll be getting through the mm-hmm. through the bones of that, looking through the weeds of that. We'll be looking at the way that England have produced this team. Who's in, who's out, Woods in, no folks, etc. And we will finally be looking at Pakistan, their reaction to losing at Raul Pindi has been a very positive one, a very strong one, with new faces and a totally different, really, setup to their side. And finally, at the very end, we're just going to have a, a little look at England women's second ODI, their victory against the West Indies. Uh, we'll do more on that when the third one is over, and obviously even more as they get through their T20s. England Cricket on 99.94 is your new home for English cricket content, and we will be dropping into your podcast feed and on YouTube or the 99.94 app several times every week. So please rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you for joining Cricket's Conversation. So, Rory, a um, couple of abrasive 60s, Pope, Duckett, few 30s, a lot of crash-bang wallop, more runs in a session of test, the first session of a, of a test match than has ever been scored, albeit a slightly longer session to accommodate yeah. Friday prayers. But 180 runs, still quite a lot. Um, but at the end of it... Pakistan are so right bang on top, aren't they, that they should be eyeing up. They, they should be thinking to themselves, they bat well on day two, the game's in the bag. Yeah, you know, it should be said, don't know when people are listening to this, but we are talking very much in the moment um, and, yes. and are hostages to fortune of what happens next. So we're, I guess we're looking at the first day in its own sort of glass case as though it were a museum item. <laughs> and within that, you'd say Pakistan did pretty well they'd be they'd be happy with where they're at but there was no sense from the England uh, reaction that they felt that they were in the wrong place or that they had misfired in any way I don't think they would <laughs> accept that at all they Ben Duckett did did media rounds for, for England said they were more than happy with where they were at uh, and you know primarily he said and, and there was some truth in this because we've seen it happen before I've been there when it's happened before he said you go about this a different way, maybe uh, you're 100 for six at lunch, which is not impossible whatsoever that England could have really, on, on a on a sort of sticky situation, spinner getting into the game really early, it's not impossible that things could have gone considerably worse. Uh, so, England are looking very much on the add two wickets to the 
add two wickets to yep. the total, aren't they? That's what they need to happen. Yep. Uh, so interesting day. It's 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 the Stokes McCullum philosophy unfolding in a different way. This was not outright domination like it was in Raul Pindi. They are going to have to uh, find a different way in this game because piling on the pressure and letting the scoreboard do its do its worst to Pakistan isn't going to happen, especially with Babar primed so it would seem to play to play an important central knock. So interesting, but England are are dying as they lived. They are scoring runs fast, they are moving the game forward and they're keeping the highlights really busy. Well, look, you know, one of the first things to say is it really has turned on that pitch. Not ragging, not like Ahmedabad, you know, in the pink ball test. Um, but it's you know, slow, it's like a slower turn. But if you give it a good tweak, it, it's happening. We saw it with uh, Jack Leach getting one to go past the outside edge a couple of times. He's not a big spinner of the ball. We saw it with Will Jacks actually got one to spin from around the wicket to the left-hander, from outside leg stump. It would probably gone over the top of off stump. So there's plenty of encouragement in there for the spinners. But oh, I, I, I'm just going to sound kind of old and insane, I suppose. But <laughs> there were there were points at you know 216 for five. There's point when when Ollie Pope gets out and playing the reverse sweep. When you just thought, here is an opportunity to pile the pressure on Pakistan. They haven't got a wicket for a while. The two partnerships got going, didn't they? The Stokes, Jacks mm. one, and the Pope, um, Duckett. What was it? No, or Pope, I can't remember. Pope, yeah, Pope Duckett. Yeah, Pope Duckett, yeah. Uh, so it, it was at that point when he thought, you've kind of done the hard work. But I suppose the thing with playing this way is that you're not going to go through gears, are you? I mean, is, is that what we're kind of learning? There is... You you start the car sort of in fourth and, and settle on fifth. <laughs> I, I feel like they're starting the car on top of a very, very steep hill. Yes. <laughs> I'm not even sure they're in any gear at all. I think they're just pulling the handbrake off and building up as much pace as they can. <laughs> Trying to reach so, terminal velocity. Oh, it's rich. On occasion, they will do. I suppose that's how they get out. But I think... I think... It wasn't outright silliness. I don't. I don't think you could accuse England of, uh, of of tossing their wickets away, looking for the fences. I don't think it was that kind of game. And there are there are levels and shades within this Stokes McCullum thing. And I mean, Stokes, for example, got out trying to mm. cover the spin. He, he was propping forward, trying to get on top of it. Wasn't playing any kind of even scoring shot, which is. <laughs> For, rare for Ben Stokes in, in the current incarnation. Uh, and, and he pulled off, I, we should just say, shouldn't we? He pulled off a, a facial expression that was going to be up there with Virat Kohli to Adil Rashid and Stuart Broad, uh, the Broadface meme mm-hmm. and my kids when I've caught them doing something they shouldn't do. It was, <laughs> it was properly, he was caught with his hands in the cookie jar, wasn't he? Maybe... He was thinking, what is Brendan going to say to me for getting out defending? <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I think you, you, you could well be right. And look, you're right. It was a nuanced approach today. Duckett went hard against a new ball, definitely. Pope going out and run a ball. He's a busy player. He's going to look to do that. Mm. Got off the mark with a reverse swept four, which I've just got to get used to. Um, yep. I promise I will. I promise I will. I've been <laughs> I mean, going to Karachi in a week. I, I can't afford to be a completely wretched old buffoon. Um, <laughs> I thought <laughs> so that's why they decided you. I've got a lot of work you. to do in a week. But, 
Well, there's an element of that. Yeah, definitely. You've you know, got to stick with the brand. Get the average age up a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's all there's truth to all of those things. Um, <laughs> and yes, and you're right that Stokes played a different kind of knock. Um, he didn't go swiping as he had done in the, in the second innings at roll. Pendy got out for a duck, spooning it up in the air. Uh, I guess it was more the approach at the back end. And this is where I just don't know. Uh, Jack Leach playing a reverse sweep off his first ball. Mm. He's got Mark Wood going going great guns at the other end. There might have been a case just for defending it. Um, yeah. Jimmy Anderson, when Wood is going well, now, in days gone by, he would have batted for somebody at the other end. Now you don't bat for anyone at the other end. And that's something else we've got to get used to because you just felt that there might have been another 30, 40 runs in there with that slightly more conventional approach by the tail. But I guess the fact is that the tail's been liberated to play the way they do. We've seen mm. Jack Leach last summer was hitting inside out cover drives yeah. over long off. So, you know, uh, as, as, as well, I would say it might be the case that that the word had come down from the top and from Duckett in particular, that the sweep was going to have to be the way to go because they hadn't seen a lot of Abra Ahmed. They said that actually they had very limited footage of him and that most of the footage that they had was from the nets. Uh, and so they, they were quite unusually so in the, at this level of the sport. They were a little bit light on analysis, I think. And Duckett said at the end of the day's play, when you sweep the ball, it takes out the question of which way it's going to turn because you are yep. negating the spin almost by playing cross bat. So I wonder that Duckett went there really early. Abra clearly had a lot of success in the morning session, got five for in the morning session, looked like he was on for all 10. Uh, and I wonder if the, the word came down to, to the tail, if you don't know what it's doing out the hand, get on the sweep and, and that might be the way. Listen, it didn't work, but uh, that was something perhaps that was, that was sort of working away in the background. Right, we're going to take our first short break when we come back. We're going to look at the composition of this England team. Wood is in, fast bowler on a turning track. Ollie Robinson is in, but he's not bowled a ball yet. So give us a couple of seconds and we'll be right back. Whether it's missing flights or retirements out of the blue, whether it's resignations or bans, as the old saying goes, there's never a quiet day in West Indies cricket. So make sure you listen to West Indies on 99.94 to stay up to date with all the latest fallout with the teams in Maroon. Welcome back. Yes, Ollie Robinson, man of the match in the last game. <laughs> Potentially contentious, but I'm not sure. He took crucially important wickets. Um, got wickets on a really lifeless surface. He's not bowled yet. Joe Root's bowled a lot. <laughs> Jacks has bowled a lot. Jack Leach opened the bowling. Jimmy Anderson bowled two overs and was taken off after taking a wicket. Vum, thank you very much. Mark Woods bowled a bit and bowled at an extreme pace. Uh, did England miss a trick? Did they not really think it was going to turn that much? Or was there only other spinning option, Rian Ahmed? And yes, he's in the squad, but he's, I think, you know, it's, it's not an open secret, but we're not surprised if he just goes and soaks up the atmosphere and wanders around with the team for three games rather than be plunged into a test match at his tender age. The only thing about that latter point is that you are inviting Ben Stokes and Brendan McCullum to make a conservative decision in Karachi next week if they lose this game. And they don't know how to. They, they don't know how to make the safe decision. I didn't expect Rian Ahmed to play this week if they lose. 
and if Pakistan think that a spinning pitch is their best way to win and they produce another one in Karachi, I wouldn't bet against it. I wouldn't bet against Real Ahmed playing. With the team this week, we are, again, we are, as ever, when you're in the middle of a match that has yet to reveal itself, you can only suggest half the story. It's about the change that I thought England would make. Anderson had to play. Such control. Such ability to to manipulate the game regardless of conditions. And when England weren't sure what they were going to get, because they weren't, there was talk that Pakistan didn't get the pitch they wanted in Rawalpindi. So why would England really be sure of what they could get here? So Anderson plays. Robinson, perfect. Looks like he has to play because if the ball reverses, he really came to the party. Livingston's out. So you look around and you think, well, actually, Wood's your X factor. And he got 97.3 miles an hour today. So they weren't, <laughs> I know. They weren't, they weren't wrong. <laughs> so they picked the team that I thought they would pick. There is logic to each of the selections. And within that, does it look slightly lopsided to what your ideal 11 would look like? Yeah, it does a little bit. It does a little bit. But, but England, England saying we are going to go out to Pakistan and play Jack Leach, uh, Rian Ahmed, Liam Patterson-White, Don Bess. I'm going to spin Babar Azam into a frenzy. Don't know. Play to your strengths. And by and large, they're, they're picking their strengths. And there's, I find it hard to sort of rule them over the calls for that. So is it, do you think the way that Stokes has rotated his bowlers, I mean, so much root, um, I know he's a, he's a different kind of off spinner, obviously to Will Jacks. He's more round arm, and Jacks is mm. taller, goes gets more bounce. Um, but do you think that that is because they're absolutely anticipating that this ball is going to reverse after about thirty odd overs? I mean, how many how many overs are we into this? In yeah, it seems it, seems uh, ambitious. Crossing the finger stuff, that isn't it? It is a little bit, but you know they've got brought wood on to bowl into the surface to scuff up one side quite obviously and also it's, it's one of his strengths and uh, testing out Pakistanis against the short ball at, ball at 97 miles an hour is no bad yeah. tactic so I, I just wonder if that was their thinking really it's uh, save our quicker bowlers they're going to do some bowling in this game anyway that is just a given and we're going to mm-hmm. need them to do that uh, best not to do it on you know the first day where it's avoidable it's a long you know, there's still four more days in the test. It won't go that far. Mm. <laughs> of course it won't, because England Short are playing. Days, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I don't know, they're you not, know. They're not that short, by the way. They're not that short. Everyone yeah. was you know, going, oh no, Multan, it's all foggy. Wasn't that yeah. bad. They started on time. We got through till later than they got through in Roll Pindy. So, you know. Again, I think we have to, I think we have to catch up a little bit. And, and the, the methodology you've outlined there suggests that England weren't necessarily going all guns blazing for a wicket and that is what the, that is that they're always trying to get a wicket that's they made that abundantly clear last week and so I think it'll work sometimes sometimes it won't if Joe Root's bowling early in the first innings it's because England think there's a percentage there for them it's not because he's holding the fort because England want to be in the game fast and and, and moving it so I'd, Root is is a, a different one, isn't he? He he is a bit pick and mix, and you know he, he sticks his hand in the in the bag and sees what comes out, and it could be a could be a fluffy banana, or it could be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he got a did, he, did he not get five at Emmett the Bad? Was it? Did he get five at Emmett the Bad? He, yeah, he, he got he, a cheap five, didn't he? And he, and he yeah. he's had another one in uh, Port Elizabeth, I think. 
which has a new name that I can't pronounce. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> bless you <laughs> um, so yeah I, I don't I, I would be surprised if Root wasn't an attacking player from Stokes it didn't come off particularly but I think that's probably where it came from uh, where they go with this not sure they didn't they didn't pick Overton I suppose he was the only spare bowler they had Overton and Ahmed wouldn't have expected either of those to play mm. I don't think so they, they've got what they've got and it's more a question that, that may, the, the question that may develop and that may unfold is a, right back to English spin. Not where's the options? Are counties giving people enough chance? Or is Jack Leach exactly the kind of number one spinner English cricket is designed to create? Probably he is. And there's a, a high performance review that was uh, that was partially looking at that. And we should probably do some kind of deep dive into it one day. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait. I absolutely can't wait. Um, one final thing, though, on the composition of England side. Uh, no Ben folks, and understandable, but uh, keeping on a turning track is quite the skill. And Ollie Pope mm. is a very noble cricketer and not a bad keeper, but he's not Ben folks. Was there just a hint, even though the England management said we want to be quite clear, Ben folks is our number one keeper. This doesn't reflect where we'll be going mm. next year, for example. I mean, you know, next year in English conditions could be Chris Wokes back at eight, in which case folks at seven is absolutely fine. But Johnny Bairstow could well be fit mm-hmm. next summer. One would hope so. Should be. Um, yeah, should be for New Zealand. He's coming yeah. along pretty well. Saw him the other day at the Lord's Taverners do. And he, he was looking not nimble, but he was getting, getting around okay. The obvious, the obvious sort of little yeah. feeling was, does this mean Bairstow might get the gloves again next year because he'd come in instead of folks in that way because you've got to fit Bairstow in there. How mm. you're dropping either Pope or Brook is hard quite to see. Root and Stokes are obviously definitely there and you've got yeah. two openers. So how does Bairstow get back in the team or put another way, how does he not get back in the team? So yeah, a, there's your conundrum. Yeah, there is. There is. There's, a, there's an issue to be to be sort of confronted here because Bairstow has to play. What a year. As we're coming to the end of 2022, you've got to just take your hat off to that bloke. And what he did in the summer, he also got, you know, a big, a nice good ton in uh, Antigua, got a ton in Sydney. Just a great year. So there's, there should be no question about him coming in. Whether you want to compromise that, that red hot streak of form with the bat and put the gloves back on him when you've just about sorted it out, I don't know. But the, the, the interesting, the, the needle that's working away at all this is Harry Brook. And it's Harry Brook looking like he might be a star. And and he could, by the time the Ashes rolls around, Harry Brook could be undroppable. Johnny Bairstow, <laughs> he certainly is. Ollie Pope doesn't look like he's going anywhere. So we're back to a very familiar question. And this is going to be something for Ben Stokes and and Brendan McCullum to, to do. That's why they get paid the big bucks. But opener is the position. And well, do you know who just, I think is going to do it? In the ben ashes. Stokes. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> it's, yeah, the logical, <laughs> it's the logical extension. It's the, it's the only logical extension. Just ben Butler. Stokes. I mean, it could be just Butler. Why not? It could be anyone. But that, that they may ultimately have to have to move someone. Because, and this was the only other thing I wanted to say about the composition of the team, is Ben Duckett has done really, really well in these two games, coming in mm. out of the cold opening the batting, but the way he's done it, it doesn't look like it makes him a lock 
for New Zealand or a lock for the English summer. He said today, I came out and swept 90% of my balls. Now, yeah. this is great. And, it, and, it, and horses for courses is underrated in batting, in, in, in um, certainly by test match cricket teams. But Ben Duckett has done well, and I don't know that he's gone any closer to, to opening in the ashes. It, it, it could be two separate timelines unfolding <laughs> there. Right. Well, in that case, it's going to have to be either Brooke, Pope or Stokes. <laughs> yeah. Basically. In order to keep them all in. <laughs> So watch this space. That's going to be, I think we might be coming back to that. Might be coming back to that as soon as New Zealand, but certainly uh, early in the English summer. It's time for our final break. After that, we're going to be looking at Pakistan. They are rejuvenated and are a totally different looking side. And a little, little word on England's women who are continuing to be successful in the West Indies. I'm Neil Manthorpe, one half of South Africa on 99.94 with Lungani Zama. We're covering the Rainbow Nation as it undergoes its biggest transition since readmission. We cover every part of the South African game on 99.94 and you can hear us several times a week where you find your podcasts or on YouTube. Welcome back to Pakistan. Unrecognisable. But where where was this guy? Why why wasn't he playing in the first test? Why was Zahid Mahmood their go-to spinner when they've got this bloke who flicks it off either finger, gets a prodigious turn on his googly, not a huge amount from the leg break, but doesn't need to get a huge amount. Um, Bowled with great control, despite batters coming after him. Absolutely, there, there was no compromise at all. New guy comes on to bowl, let's try and smash the bejesus out of it. And he showed exceptional temperament. I don't know where he's been. Um, Bayim Ashraf back in the side. Azhar Ali out. That could be injury, but it also felt a bit like composition of team, actually. Mm. Barbara Azam pushed up to number three. The whole of that side now suddenly looks better balanced. Looks better balanced from six, seven, eight than it did before, where it was kind of a bit top-heavy, wasn't it? Um, and for the pitch, they have selected... A, a, the right bowling options, I think. Now, part of that, you know, we were wondering whether Hassan Ali was going to come in, Mohamed Abbas, but they've taken a look at the Multan pitch and gone, no, it's, it's spinners we need. And so we're going to pluck this guy with glasses out of obscurity that no one's got any footage of. He's going to take the first seven wickets and look world-beating. Um, hats off to Pakistan. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they did have to change because I think going behind in a three-test series at home having had the pace of play dictated to you by the tourists, that doesn't happen that often. But, you know, teams who teams who win away tend to have to produce something quite quite special. They don't kind of set, just set the terms of play like England did. So Pakistan had to change. And, and Abra really, so far, all we know is that that was a really good decision. <laughs> we, do, we don't know exactly about the rest of it. But... It did seem like there was a bit of a clamour in, in Pakistan for him to play. That He wasn't a surprise to, to anyone in the stands by the looks of it that he was going to come in. So he he was solid. The fact that they would have known England didn't have a great deal of, of footage on him. So he was he was a bit of a... I mean, he, this was interesting, actually. In the press conference, Ben Duckett said he's not a mystery spinner. He was dead out. He went out of his way to say, he's not a mystery spinner. What are you saying that for? He, he's a leg spinner with a good googly, who bowled well on the day. That, that was kind of the the vibe from him. In, and the, the, actually, they thought, they actually, they thought he was quite slow through the air. 
and it, and that brought to mind for me Matt Parkinson because Matt Parkinson mm. isn't there, uh, and it made me wonder again, not for the first time, if that was a decision that England have been too hasty with to decide that he's not the guy with batting. If Azar Ali was fit, I'm surprised because I thought I thought he had a, a big game in him in this series he, because he is a player who can set a trench, bat long, go hard. Uh, and by go hard, I don't mean score really quickly. I mean, just make life hard, make mm-hmm. life difficult and make them come again. Make Mark Wood ball another spell, another spell, another spell. So as our, I don't know, they could, they could be lacking in the qualities he shows, but I think Babarazam at three, excellent for, for Pakistan. It's the whole thing England have had with Joe Root in the past. God, we would, we would like our best batter up at three. We'd like our best batter at three. Best batter doesn't want to bat at three. Uh, and, and just looking about the way that Babar went today, he he did flick a little bit of the pressure back onto England early after that after that quick wicket. And one of England's mantras is get the pressure, flip it on the opposition. And Babar did that against England, and he did it more ably from three than four. Do you think, watching the way Pakistan batted, that they have in any way been influenced by the way England are batting? Are they, by which I mean, are they going a little bit harder than you would have expected? Or is that really just a function of the way England bowl, which is very attacking, with quite attacking fields? So there there are gaps and they're just playing exactly their normal cricket, but they're just going a, a bit quicker because they are going faster than they did against Australia. Um, England's <laughs> bowling pops not as tight. So they're not going fast against mm. Anderson. Let's be clear. <laughs> no one's going fast against yeah, Anderson. Yeah. He went under two runs and over in the last, in the first test match. Um, but they are going a bit crazy. They are looking to dominate England's bowlers. It seems to me a little more than I was expecting. Maybe it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel to me like they've drank the Kool Aid just yet. Uh, I, I think a lot of it is a function of attacking fields, and and if you beat the infield, you are a good chance for a boundary. Openers haven't gone too hard, I don't think. Babar, I think on on surfaces that aren't ragging, Babar versus Leach. Baba versus Jax, you would expect his run rate to be up there because he's too good to let them ball and just let them settle bang, bang, bang onto a length. He's just too good. He's got too many shots, too much control. So I think the pitches and Baba's quality accounts for him scoring reasonably quickly. England's field accounts for a bit of it. I don't don't get the impression that they are looking to play golf with England, though. <laughs> well, be interesting to see how Mohammed Rizwan plays when he comes out to bat, especially if he's partnering Baba Azam. Uh, that's the you know one and two in their T20 side, <laughs> reunited in the middle mm. order. He, I, I think I might see him going a little hard. Before we leave, just bring us up to date. Rory England have played their second of three One Day Internationals, the women, England's women, against the West Indies. They've got three T20s to come, but they've already wrapped up the series. They're two nil up with one to play. Yeah, two nil. Series in the bag for John Lewis. That's a nice early one. It's taken him five minutes to get that on the board. Uh, it was the concern for this is that there's five T20s to go, and a, a ODI, the third ODI, and uh, West Indies don't look competitive. I'm afraid to say that's a problem for women's cricket. You need competitive games, lots of them, not just a couple of teams being at the standard. England, uh, I mean, they had West Indies eight for four in the in the second game. 
and uh, both matches by an identical and very I don't know, seems unusual an identical margin of 142 runs it's, it's which is quite big, quite big yeah <laughs> uh, I think for England most pleasing Lauren Bell looks like she is really thriving now she looks like she is settling in as a a new ball leader of the attack style bowler Sophia Dunkley is settling at three which is an important spot you know they if you look at Capsi opening the bat, and we know I know she's injured and she's gone home, but she was pushed up to open. Dunkley has spent the last few games at three. They are empowering and giving responsibility to these younger players. And and you know you, you've got the plan was at least was for Alice Capsi and Sophia Dunkley to help set the foundation for the likes of Heather Knight, Nat Siver, Daddy Wyatt to come and build on. It's not the other way around, and and that's exciting for English cricket because they are setting the agenda, the, the younger players and, and moving it forward, which is good, I think. Uh, and as I say, Lauren Bell looks like, looks like she could really, really benefit from this sort of wealth of, of fast bowling knowledge that's now in the background there. Well, we will obviously be keeping more than an eye on that. There's a third game coming up shortly and uh, then all those T20s. But for now, thank you for listening to England Cricket on 99.94, where we speak cricket every day. Please rate, review, subscribe, wherever you enjoy your podcast. You can download the 99.94 app and follow us on Twitter, in my case, at... Dan, oh, I forgot my Twitter handle, <laughs> at Norcross Cricket. You're neither angry Norcross, nor cross, even I know that. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's how you remember. Um, and Rory, yours? The RVD, not the, uh, not the hardcore wrestler. The uh, hardcore wire journalist. You can you can follow us both, though, if you want. Well, well, why not? You might as well. You compare and contrast. Put your feeds by side by side. Uh, never miss out. Join our twenty four seven conversation on social media and follow us at nine 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 four DM Cricket every day your way. Ready to up your game and learn more about the thrilling world of sports betting? Introducing Double Down with Breslow, the ultimate podcast about the business of sports gambling. Join me, James Breslow, and a long list of expert guests as we dive into the art and science of the sports betting industry. Evolving regulations, technology enhancements, and the meteoric rise in the number of players makes this sector the fastest growing and most intriguing in the world. Unlock the business secrets from many of the industry's most recognizable C-suite executives, including famous odds makers and influencers every episode of double down with Breslow is packed with insider tips deeply skilled analysis and in-depth discussions don't miss out on the ultimate resource for mastering the business of sports betting listen to double down with Breslow on the evergreen podcast network or wherever you listen to podcasts that's double down with Breslow the business of sports betting podcast